You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hi, everyone. Um, now, in the last podcast, you heard me interview a Chinese student um, at Oxford University here called Vicky, and we talked about um, how learners of English um, can use podcasts to learn and sort of some good bits of advice on how to learn English. Um, now, also, on the same day, Vicky interviewed me, and she was asking me questions about uh, podcasting and about English language teaching. So I've decided to put the complete interview um, on the podcast. So this is just if you're interested, if you're interested in listening to me talking about um, teaching methods and talking about podcasting and learning English, um, then this is for you. Um, it, it's just a good sample of natural, authentic conversation between two people. Um, if you're interested in, in the subject, if you think that learning English and podcasts is an interesting subject, which you probably do, considering you've downloaded this podcast and you're probably learning English. Uh, if, you, if you think it's an interesting subject, then it will be good for you as well, because um, it'll just be a stimulating thing to listen to. Uh, but basically, you can decide here to just listen to the conversation between me and Vicky and just try and follow what we're saying. Um, try and work out exactly what we're talking about. Okay, I'm not going to provide a transcript for this because it's just too much typing for me to do. I don't have time to transcribe the whole conversation because it's a very long one. If you want to listen to the interview that Vicky did with me, uh, then you can read the previous. You, you can listen to the previous podcast, um, and there's a, a complete transcript for that interview. Okay. This interview that, that uh, Vicky did with me um, is just, I think, quite an interesting conversation and just good listening practice for you and sh uh, should be kind of informative as well. So um, I'm going to play the conversation to you now. Um, that's it. I hope, you, I, hope you, I hope you like the conversation. I hope you find it interesting and informative. Um, that's it. That's it for this one. Okay, so here is uh, the interview with Vicky and me. All right, cheers. Bye, 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 bye. Okay, today is August the 5th, in 2009, and interviewer Vicky, the interviewee Luke. Hello Luke. Hello Vicky. Um, thank you very much for attending this interview. You're and that welcome. is for my research, actually, uh, that's for my research for my dissertation. Right. Master dissertation, and I wrote a letter to you to receive Yeah, yeah, the email. it's your master's dis dissertation, right? Yeah. And here's some about the some of the questions. How, how many years have you been teaching in English? Um, I've been teaching for about eight years now. Eight years. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's, um, so, do you find it interesting? Is to, it an interesting job to, to teach? You? Yeah, to teach. Yes, it's very interesting. Why? Why do you think so? Because some people, I know that some people, when we find it's, it's we could learn, learn, earn a lot of money. From there, or support our lives, or whatever. It's not. It's not the money. It's not no, because I'm not earning very much money compared to what I could be earning mm -hmm. if I was, if I'd been working in a different industry for eight years, I'd be earning a lot more money. There's a kind of glass ceiling mm -hmm. in terms of English language teaching, which means that uh, you get to a certain point and then it's difficult to really break through and earn a large salary, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, 
Um, obviously, I'd like to earn more money, but um, I'm, I, the reason why I like my job is not because it pays well, because mm -hmm. it doesn't pay that well. It pays all right. Mm -hmm. It's fine. It's enough to live on, and I'm all right. I've got my own flat uh -huh. and all that sort of thing. I'm never going to be rich, though, unless my podcast becomes somehow amazingly successful. But uh, no, it's the, the thing that I enjoy is meeting people from different places, mm -hmm. all these people who are from different countries, and watching them interact with each other, and meeting lots of interesting individuals every two weeks. I get a whole... Every week, basically, I, I meet a whole new, new class? class or a whole new bunch of people, depending on which um, uh, class I'm teaching. Um, so are you teaching those classes uh, for examination, like for IELTS? I do teach exam classes sometimes, but for the most part I teach business English, general English, uh, legal English. Legal English. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, could you please tell me what do, you th uh, what do you consider to be the most efficient and effective way of teaching English as a second language? Wow, that's such a big question. Yeah, that's really a big question, so take a time to tell me about uh, story the, or... Mm, the most efficient... An effective way of teaching. Yeah. So if you think okay, about right. two or th three words to. Okay. For me, for me, the the most important things are um, first of all, um, it's it's kind of difficult, but in a basic way, input. Mm -hmm. Right. So input means um, actually uh, teaching vocabulary, teaching you know let. Uh, expressions, wor words, or, or, or groups of words, phrases, um, or grammar itself, you know, teaching people how to use the present perfect tense or whatever, you know, con conditional tenses or whatever. Um, um, so, input, basically, things that people don't know and you're, telling, you're teaching it to them. Mm -hmm. So, that's input. The other one is practice. You need to just give um, the students opportunities to, for example, speak a lot, or, or read a lot, or listen a lot, or um, write a lot, for example. Uh, so input, practice, and feedback. Mm -hmm. they, the third thing being feedback, they need to uh, be told whether they're doing it correctly or not. They need to be told whether they are speaking correctly. They need to be given... Uh, um, you know, advice on how to speak better based on the mistakes they're making. They just need to be shown which mistakes they're making and how they can try and correct those mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's very. That's a very basic way of looking at it. People have been writing, as you know, people have been writing books and things about this subject mm -hmm. for years and years and years. And you know, people have academic um, discussions about it and what's the best way to learn English. In some ways, I think that actually, if you put a if you put some people together who are learning English, mm -hmm. right, and um, um, put them in a situation where they are speaking English and they're in an environment which involves maybe speaking or listening or something, just in an environment that involves communication in English, they're going to learn something, they're going to improve. Um, and whatever goes on in that situation, in the end, will probably lead to them developing some levels of skill in English mm -hmm. just by trying to use the language in a way but that's not enough there's lots of other things you need to do like feedback for example mm -hmm. mm. so yeah. actually there are four skills we, we, we all know that for yeah. like speaking 
listening, reading, and writing. Yeah. So, which one of the four skills do you, do you think is most difficult to teach? Which one's the most difficult to teach? Mm -hmm. Reading, writing, speaking, or listening? In terms of which one do you think that it's the the students will get progress the slowest? Well, that's again a difficult question. Um, which one is yeah the more challenging one? Well, I mean you can you can see that question from the point of view of the teacher mm -hmm. or from the point of view of the the learners. You see, from the teacher's point of view, it might be easier to teach something because. Just in terms of the procedure that you go through in a classroom, it's it's just easier to carry out a procedure, for example, for a, a speaking lesson than it would be to carry out a procedure for a writing lesson. Mm -hmm. It just seems to be more complicated to actually manage a writing lesson in class mm -hmm. than to manage a speaking lesson in class. Mm -hmm. So from the from that point of view, it's easier to teach. I mean, they're all very, they're all, they all are as difficult as each other. Uh -huh. It's mm, from my point of view because I teach speaking more often. Mm -hmm. I find that easier to teach. Mm -hmm. um, um, I mean, uh, if you're doing an IELTS course, then you have to focus on teaching listening skills, teaching writing skills, and teaching reading skills as well. And they all have their own different challenges and different, uh, you know, point, different things that are easy. Um, Hmm, I can't really give you like a really nice simple question for that. Mm -hmm. I can just kind of ramble on. Okay, cool. um, if we talk about speaking, you've got um, um, hmm. it's, it's difficult to explain I, actually. I do think that the speaking is the most easier, actually the easiest to teach but, from the teacher's point of view because it's the most communicative skill. Yeah. Because you have interaction between the teachers and the students. Yeah. But uh, speaking actually is the skill which one the the, the students get get progress the slowest. Because mm. probably they, they actually the input just as you said they they have some some kind of input, but they have to remember that they have to memorize it and to output in their way. Mm. So probably they cannot follow the models. They can. They just don't know how to pronounce that right. They yeah. don't know how to use the expressions, how to use the phrase right. That's probably what the students find it most difficult. Plus, plus so there's, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of other complications with their confidence. You know, when you're actually in a room full of people, whether you feel comfortable opening your mouth and, and embarrassing yourself in front of people, mm -hmm. or, um, yeah, the, the fact that when you're doing speaking, not only do you have to know the words and know the grammar and, and know what's right and wrong, but you actually have to do it as well. So it's not about just what you know, but about what you can do. Mm -hmm. So I guess that, let's say then, uh, you could say that reading is easier than speaking because in a way you just sit there and you just have to understand the text. It's more passive in a way, mm -hmm. although many people would say that it's not passive at all, that you interact with the text and all that kind of thing. <laughs> you see, it's, it's such a difficult thing to explain because there are so many angles from mm -hmm. which to see mm -hmm. these, these things. But I need to just try and focus my mind so that I'm not talking broadly. Um, okay, in, in some respects, teaching speaking is easier because it just is easier to manage a group of people who are doing a speaking task mm -hmm. because you can put them in pairs and they speak to each other in pairs, you listen to them and you can give them feedback afterwards, right? It's quite 
straightforward to do a speaking task. You might, for example, give them examples of the language, explain some language to them, like, for example, you do some phrasal verbs with them, and you make sure that they understand those words by going through all the checking procedures and, and all that sort of thing. And then when it comes to the speaking part, you actually um, get them to use those phrasal verbs and you it's easier to manage because, like I said, you just get them to talk to each other mm -hmm. and then uh, you can listen to it all in class, in the middle of the room and give them feedback on it. If you're teaching speaking skills, um, again, it's a similar thing. You just, for example, speaking skills for the IELTS test, you would give them advice on what they should and shouldn't do mm -hmm. and then you get them to practice speaking about various example questions that they might get in the IELTS mm -hmm. uh, speaking part. Um, you, you listen to them, you, then you give them feedback at the end. You might do some work together as the group on mm -hmm. how should you approach uh, the speaking part one, mm -hmm. you know, what are the sorts of answers that you can give and you brainstorm those things on the board and that sort of thing. Um, and then when it actually comes to the speaking part, you get them to interview each other as if one of them was the examiner and one of them one of wasn't. Those, I mean. Yeah, and um, and then maybe one of them is the kind of the listener, and they kind of listen and give each other feedback, and at the mm -hmm. end and, and that sort of thing. So for a, for a group of people communicating, it, it's easier in that sense that um, you can just actually get people communicating. It's a more natural way. But when you're doing writing. That's more difficult mm -hmm. because writing involves each student individually writing their own uh, work on their own piece of paper. And in order for you to give them feedback, you need to read it as if a, an examiner would be, you know, in the same way that an examiner reads mm -hmm. a piece of writing. You, as the teacher, really need to read each bit of writing and then give them an assessment of what they're doing wrong and right, not only in terms of the language and the accuracy but in terms of the organisational structure and the way it flows together. So you can't just do that in class. You get them to write in mm -hmm. class, perhaps, uh, but then you need to do all the marking as homework. So they don't get instant feedback and, and that kind of thing. Also, with writing, you've got the, is it the process of writing or is it the product? Mm -hmm. How do you actually teach it? Do you teach the, the process of how you approach um, the, the writing of a task? Or do you teach the final product of this is what you, this is the thing that you should um, be writing mm -hmm. rather than this is how you should be writing it? So that's that's difficult too. What about listening? Listening is the same kind of thing. You need mm -hmm. to look at um, you need to look at sort of how students can try and pick up the general meaning of a conversation mm -hmm. or how they can try and guess what's going on if they don't really understand. There are various different listening skills that you can teach. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit difficult teaching listening, reading and writing, I think, because students mentally aren't always prepared mm -hmm. for the skills work. They don't necessarily realise that there are different ways of reading a text or that there are different skills you can apply to listening to something. Mm -hmm. They just see it as, well, you listen and you understand it or you don't, you know, not that it's okay, you don't have to understand everything. In fact, not everybody understands every single word they hear, yeah. even in native in conversations, but it's a case of 
trying to use your knowledge and, and being bold enough to guess words that you don't understand, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Am I answering your question? Yeah. Yeah? yeah excellent. Really? Yes, yes. Excellent. Um, well, I, well, well, actually, I think you have already answered the next question. What is, what the, is most, the next question? What is the most difficult thing when teaching them oral English? When teaching them when oral, teaching oral, oral English? English yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's the confidence it's issue. It's the confidence issue, right. Yeah, I suppose um, so. Uh -huh. Have you ever tried using some kind of modern technology to help you teach and to enhance their learning program, their learning achievement? Yeah, I do use, use technology all the time, but not necessarily in a very clever way. How um, do you mean by clever? I mean, not in a sort of special way or anything. Uh -huh. uh, I use technology by just showing them videos. Mm -hmm and um, playing them audio. So a vi the, the, what I'm talking about is, uh, you know, I bring my laptop into school mm -hmm. and on my laptop I've got lots of videos that I've downloaded from YouTube, mm -hmm. which I probably shouldn't do. But anyway, I don't know if it's legal. How, how could you download from YouTube? There's lots of ways to do it. Okay. It's easy. I'll, I'll just tell you a website. Uh -huh. Keep keep vid yeah just Google keep vid and you'll find it keep, yeah, okay, and it's an it's an actual website that just is a downloader you just type the website the URL in for YouTube I know it's illegal but uh, actually what I do what I do is uh, I search something on YouTube and then I search on a Chinese website and the Chinese website actually allow downloading and it it has a kind of it has a it has a, um, a software which you could download through and then you could transfer the, the format and, and which can fit into your iPod. Sounds like KeepVid. Yeah, Keep I vid, like it. KeepVid will, the, the web page itself will download, somehow manages mm -hmm. to download YouTube videos. So you just copy the URL of the YouTube video mm -hmm. and paste it into the, the download bar mm -hmm. of KeepVid. Click download, it gives you two options. Uh, the high resolution or low resolution, mm -hmm. and you just right click on the high resolution one, save as, okay. and then you just downloads into your computer. Do you have to pay for that? No, it's no, free. It's free. Total yeah. free. Mine's yeah. total free too. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, what I love my tank. It's good, isn't it? Technology, yeah. it's great. <laughs> but uh, okay, so what I do is I bring my laptop into the classroom and I plug it into the TV, mm -hmm. the flat screen TV, and I use it to play. Uh, videos either on YouTube or downloaded from YouTube. I use it to play DVDs and CDs. I can use it to play podcasts from iTunes. I can use it to show them things on the internet. So I can show them interesting podcasts and things like that. I can show them the BBC website and I can also show them pictures on the Google image, mm -hmm. image search if there's a word that I can't explain. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm trying to explain what a guinea pig is Guinea pig. Guinea pig, right? Then, then I will actually Google image search the word guinea pig, guinea pig. and instantly they know what it is because it's difficult to explain what a guinea pig is. Uh -huh. Guinea pig is it's like a pet. It's like a hamster, but it's bigger than a hamster. I know that. I know that one. Yeah. Got it. It's you know, a small one. Yeah, very. It's a small, cute, and pinky one. It's not pink. Not pink. No. Because no. <laughs> I, I saw a lot of pictures which which I, I saw the description of the guinea pig in Chinese novel. Right. And it's like always to describe as a pinky one, so that's more cute. Uh, well, it's cute, but it's not pink. Okay. I don't think uh, I don't think there are any pink animals except uh, flamingos. 
Yeah. I think other than that, <laughs> pretty much all of them are just <laughs> non-pink. But um, anyway, sometimes it comes up because you know you say, for example, oh, you can be my guinea pig, or oh. you're a guinea to be a guinea pig in an experiment, mm -hmm. right? That's how it's used in common speech. We don't, mm -hmm. I mean, we don't see many guinea pigs in our in our daily lives, but yeah. we talk about them quite a lot, especially when you're talking about doing an experiment on someone. Mm -hmm. They are your guinea pig, right? And so often I have to actually explain when that comes up, they're like, huh, what's a guinea pig? And then it ends up being like 30 minutes of them trying to understand what a guinea pig is. <laughs> and 30 minutes of them being, thinking it's a hamster or uh -huh. thinking it's a kind of rat or something. Uh -huh. And the, the only quick solution is to actually show them a picture of a guinea mm -hmm. pig. And then, bingo, they get it and you can move on. Okay, right? cool. So, yeah, that's how I use technology. Um, yeah. So, what podcasting, second language teaching and learning have you ever heard of? Because you, you, you mentioned you use podcasts, so what kind of, what, uh, actually, what podcast is in particular have you ever heard of? Well, I mean, which, used? which podcasts have I used? Except for your, your, your arm. Except for mine. Well, um, see, this question keeps coming up because, mm -hmm. um, you know, for various reasons, people keep asking me about podcasting. And it's always, how can you use podcasts in the classroom? And for me, podcasts aren't, they're nothing special for the classroom. Mm -hmm. There's nothing particularly special about how they can be used in class, other than the fact that it's just an audio resource. Podcasts are just a great way of getting audio. And you then use that in class just in the same way that you'd use audio from any other source. Mm -hmm. So you could use... It, just in the same way that you would use uh, something you've recorded from the radio or something that you've recorded but, you know, with another teacher before you go into class or something that is on a DVD. It's just a, it's just a, a listening resource, that's all. Um, and the difference, I guess, is that it's current. It's, you know, it's very up-to-date often. Mm -hmm. And there are loads and loads of them out there. So that, you know, if you're... As teachers, if you're willing to investigate, you can find podcasts on almost any topic. Yeah. And the fact that they are very often um, updated regularly. So you can, if you find a podcast that's interesting, then you can come back to that podcast and, and listen to another one by the same person, for example. Mm -hmm. And that gives a kind of continuity to your lessons. If, you t if you're teaching a class over a long period of time mm -hmm. you can kind of every couple of weeks do another podcast from mm -hmm. you know whoever like another movie review for example from this from your favorite movie review podcast uh -huh. or another guide to um you know a, a different country or something there's, mm -hmm. there's lots so many different things but but really podcasts are just it's just listening uh, material that you can use in class you, mm -hmm. teachers have to adapt it they have to they can adapt podcasts just like they can adapt any other listening resource um, by using them to teach vocabulary, mm -hmm. using them to teach grammar, using mm -hmm. them as a speaking point, using them for all kinds of different things. Just like if, for example, um, you know, if uh, someone gave you a cassette of like, oh, I, me and my friend had a conversation about pets mm -hmm. and we taped it, here it is. That is exactly the same. It's the same for me as podcast. As, as someone, there's no big difference. Yeah. Okay. Although, although some podcasts on the internet are designed for learners of English. Yeah. Right, and some of them are designed for teachers of English too. 
So the, the ones for learners of English uh, might be, might be a, appropriate to be used in class because the level of English will be graded in some cases. So that means that um, you can actually um, you know, find podcasts that provide you with audio material, but it's good for lower levels. Uh, some of them include, you know, a transcript, yeah. um, which is good. And that means that as the teacher, you can just copy that text and put it onto a worksheet and then uh-huh. photocopy it and give it to the students okay. and they can then read it while they're listening to it. Or you can use it to sort of highlight words. Uh-huh. You, you, it's easily adaptable into a lesson. Mm-hmm. Sometimes podcasts for learners of English will include descriptions of the language or maybe like um, definitions of bits of vocabulary that have mm-hmm. been used in the podcast mm-hmm. and you can as a teacher just steal that text put it on a on a, um, a Microsoft Word document and then adapt it and turn it into a worksheet which you can then teach in class so that's good and podcasts for teachers of English there aren't very many but there are a few will actually provide you with a with an actual um, lesson plan which you can download as a PDF and then just bring into class and use the BBC does a few things like that. They've got yeah, resources for students and resources, resources for, teachers. for teachers. I think the British Council is also, do, is yeah. also doing that. That's right. They work together, I think, actually. The British Council and the BBC, should, don't they? Maybe not. Be. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure about that. Yeah. But from the, the website, in the website of British Council, you could find loads of teaching materials mm. for teachers. That's right, yeah. And I think uh, when I type like podcasts and learning English into Google, the most frequently Google ones are like ESL podcasts, English as a single language. Uh, that's really? One, yeah, it's, that is called ESL podcasts. Mm, yeah, but, and, but sorry, podcast, ESL podcasts are the most popular podcasts, mm-hmm. are they? Wow, all right, that's, that's good. And the British Council one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, um, from all the students I've, I've ever inter- I have already interviewed, so ESL podcasts maybe they're Maybe their favorite ones because the it's quite slow. It's quite exaggerated with the exaggerated pronunciation yeah, with yeah. slower speed, yeah. and they have the transcripts. But yeah. they once they got into the premier mem- not the premier member, I think the, the advanced member or whatever, they could get the, the the whole package of transcripts word by word, verbatim one. Right. Do you think that's a good? Do you think I should do no. that? No. What? Yeah. What? What? What do you think of that? Because I ta- actually I I didn't come up with this idea. Um, I ta- after I talked with Ben and, yeah. be, and he told me he doesn't like it. It should be uh, he thought that, that the podcast should be more natural. Mm. I don't think it should be a verbatim transcript transcript for the students because they just as you said they will they will form a habit that I have to dependent on the transcripts word, yeah. word by word. I have to listen clearly every word that I can, that I can understand mm. the whole passage. But it's not it's not the whole truth. You, you you don't have to listen to them. You don't have to know clearly word by word what they are talking about. You just mm. d- just pick up some key words and guess what the meaning it is. Yeah. Even yeah. if someone talking Chinese, I don't actually there is an, there is an, there is a kind of a language language flow in my in my in my brain and I don't I don't have to pick up every word and to analyze what it means yeah. I just pick up some keywords and that's it I got yeah. a meaning so so you the the, the 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 thing is though that students or learners of English out there when they search on the internet they want something convenient they want something that is going to make it easy to learn English now it's not I think really that's easy. about confidence 
Confidence. They don't have the confidence. They're not confident that I could understand it. So I, yeah. I have to get some support and help from the words, from yeah. from like the white paper and black words. And I think, I, I'm sure <laughs> that I got something. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Um, now I agree. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I agree with the idea that um, students sh or learners shouldn't be dependent on um, having a transcript there while they listen because it doesn't really help your listening skills. Mm -hmm. But it really depends on uh, why they're listening to the podcast. Because some, some learners... It, it, mm, you could say, are they listening to really learn, to really, really improve their English? Or are they listening just because they want to listen to English and understand every word? Are they listening to understand or are they listening to learn? Both. There's a kind of difference. They are doing both. There is a sort of difference, I think. Because sometimes... When you the, the best way to learn is to open your, your, your threshold to what you don't understand. Mm -hmm. You know? Like you learn fastest when you're in an environment where you don't understand everything and you're struggling to understand mm -hmm. it all. You know, anyone who's been to another country and lived in another country and learnt the language knows that you do it by putting yourself in a situation where you don't know what's going on and then trying to work it out. That's how you. That's how you learn fast. I think survival, mm -hmm. but it's not a pleasant experience unless you love that that kind of experience. It's not necessarily a convenient, quick, easy, uh, simple way of learning the language. You know. Um, so what people want, especially, I can imagine. You know, I can just imagine it, like a student in Japan who's like, I've got to learn English. But they, they don't necessarily have the right attitude towards it. They just think, how am I going to learn English? I need to understand every single word. Therefore, I need to read a transcript while I'm, while I'm listening to it. But I'm not going to try and force people to learn in, in one way. I think there's lots of different ways to learn. And if that's how they want to do it, if that's how they're comfortable doing it, let them do it. You know, And also, from my... Should I talk about the fact that I've got a podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact that I've got my own podcast, I, I'm trying to get as many people listening to it as possible. Uh -huh. So I know that in an ideal world, I would provide a transcript of every single word that I say in my podcast. But I also understand, I, I believe that, um, um, I believe that uh, um, uh, it's better if the podcast is not scripted, so it's just sort of improvised or spoken like a normal, authentic I mean, the spontaneous output of language. Yeah, like this, like the way I'm speaking now. Because when people, uh, yeah, the spontaneous output of language, when people speak, they speak spontaneously. They don't have a script in normal life. Uh, people start sentences and then they stop them in the middle and then they start new sentences. They make mistakes when they speak and correct them. They mm -hmm. start sentences and then realize that their Pause sentences... and correct them. Yeah, they, they, people don't make sense. You know, often people don't talk sense when they're speaking. Like me, for example, <laughs> uh, during this interview, you know? Yeah, it's just last time when I talked to Ben, I just tell him, well, this is maybe what called perfection is imperfect. Sorry? Perfect, perfection is imperfect. Yeah. Because it's too perfect. The, those podcasts are made, like, verbatimly read by someone specially, by those someone with beautiful voice and the the, the proper yeah. speed is yeah. too perfect to be perfect. 
perfect actually it's for, too... for, to be in property to be property for the for learners. That's right. I mean, it's it's uh, it's almost impossible for learners to be able to reproduce that kind of perfect level of mm -hmm. spoken English that they are going to hear in a podcast that has been scripted. And it's the same with movies, unless the actors are really, really good and they're all natural mm -hmm. and they're all and they're reading a really authentic script. A lot of movies are so cleverly scripted that it makes their impossible um, uh, targets for learners. You know, learners just need to, to learn natural speech, not scripted speech. So it makes sense for them to listen to. Uh, English that's not scripted mm -hmm. mm. but it makes it difficult for me as someone who makes podcasts because I know that my podcasts shouldn't be scripted mm -hmm. but I don't want it to, to be too difficult for them to understand I want it to be accessible so probably you could first make it first make the podcast and then listen to them trying to cry or do that yeah I could I'd love uh -huh. you know I'd love to have transcriptions of all of my podcasts but uh -huh. I'm not going to sit there for two hours. I probably yeah. could just give some tips and hints for them, for the students, to, yeah. they could understand that. Yeah. I've heard your like 16 ways to say I like it, right? Yeah. And, and, and you just write down, written down, you have just written just down the 16 ways and how uh, and explain why to what use this one, what it means. Mm. It's just good. That's, that's enough, it. yeah. That's I'm, enough for I'm, the students. You know, yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's enough, yeah. Um, but I'm sure there are some people out there thinking, I wish, uh, I wish he wrote every Go single ahead. word down verbatim, but um, you know, un until I get paid to do it, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> I'm doing it, you know. I'm I'm paying for myself. I'm a I'm actually paying uh -huh. the you, the website oh, to host my podcast. Yeah, so I'm not making any money. I'm doing I think it all. You can make make money from it. How? Tell me, please. I can, I can tell you after we should. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really would like to know. A really good one. Probably. I don't know. And um, and could you uh, blah 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 blah. I just breathe down. Yeah, it's fine. So, is there anything that in the podcast should be improved? In in podcasts in general. No, the podcasting teaching English teaching English as single language. You mean okay? So, how can like ESL podcasts be better? To be better, yeah. They need to be recorded better. The 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 sound recording techniques needs need to be improved mm -hmm. there are so many out there I think mine's the best mm -hmm. because the uh, the sound quality is better uh -huh. than on most of them <laughs> right now obviously the BBC does does good, good podcasts uh -huh. because they've got good quality microphones yep. and they're, they're very professional but a lot of the amateur ones the sound quality is just not good enough in my opinion mm -hmm. I think that uh they're using cheap microphones. They're using, uh, you know, rubbish computers. Uh, I mean, okay, what I mean by that is they're using like. I I, I probably understand it because I I once worked in the TV station in yeah. China because I so I know the difference between the good ones, good sets, and the bad sets. Ba basically, they're using uh, PC computers mm -hmm. with inbuilt microphones that are really cheap cheap microphones so for example a Dell computer 
when you buy it for three or four hundred pounds mm -hmm. and it comes with a headset with a microphone in uh -huh. built on it now that microphone might be enough you know good enough for you to speak on skype or whatever but if you're actually going to record a podcast that you expect mm -hmm. thousands of people all over the world to listen to you need to invest in a decent microphone so a lot of them are very good podcasts and they contain lots of really useful stuff mm -hmm. just the sound quality is not good enough this like you're listening to the american english podcast from podcast.com you know it's just not a pleasure to listen to <laughs> uh -huh, you need something it. that's got a good clear sound and that makes it a million times more interesting okay so besides the sound quality what else <laughs> um, um, I think that uh, they should try, people doing ESL podcasts should try to make them more authentic. Mm -hmm. So that means that they should, if they script them, they've got to try and make that script as natural sounding as possible, to make it close to natural speech, right? Um, what else do they need to do? They need to make them interesting. Just make it fun and interesting, because there's a lot of them are quite boring. But the tests are not interesting. Tests aren't interesting, no, true. Yeah, but uh, why should it be? Why should it be a painful experience to learn English? That's that's true. I agree with you. I mean, I know that in in that's part of the attitude of some people towards learning the language is that it's a test, and that they want to be tested constantly. It's a kind of test. Like learning is 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 painful. Yeah. I, I I don't know what the situation is here, but in China it's actually the the case because unless yeah. you're going abroad, you won't study English as as hard as you are, yeah. and for most of the, those people who are, for most of the people who are like are going to take a test, are going to take it as a TOEFL or GRE yeah. test, they yeah. just push them, themselves very very hard yeah. Yeah. so that they could they could get a decent mark, yeah, and and use that paper with a mark on it to say. I pass yeah. the whatever, the, the standards. So Therefore, I, I, I speak English. Yeah. yeah. But actually, the, on their first a few weeks when they, got, when, they arrive, uh, when they arrive on a different land, a different continent, they're kind of thinking, they are deaf. And they, they, can't, they can't produce anything. They just, mm. even they can't, they, can't, they can't understand whatever what others, others are talking about. Yeah. Especially the accent, the way people talk. And I just remember Ben told me that no one gonna speak like um, after what what, what 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 the weather it is like, and then after after that, and pop out a question like, "What's your hobby?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure teachers always tell to tell us that hobby is probably the, the the thing that people ask when they meet when they especially with when they meet a stranger. They pop out a question, pop out the question like, "What's your hobby?" <laughs> What do you like? Do you like TV? Do you like movies? I, I know someone uh -huh. who actually asked that question uh -huh. in the pub uh -huh. um, a while ago. I was out with some of my friends, and um, this guy was there, and he said, "Yeah," and he I said, was a girl. <laughs> "One of his questions was, so what's your hobby to one of the girls?" Uh -huh. And everyone just laughed at him, uh -huh. mainly because we're English teachers and we uh -huh. realised that what's uh -huh. your hobby is kind of a fake question. question but it's weird and no people mm -hmm. don't say what's your hobby in fact the only the only time when people do ask what's your hobby mm -hmm. is in a kind of forced getting to know you situation uh -huh. like a kind of okay we're in a group we've got to get to know each other in the next 30 minutes so 
what's your hobby? Then you might say, what's your hobby? But in natural, normal life, uh -huh. when you meet someone for the first time, you tend to say, so what do you do? Or how do you know, you know, if, if, if I meet some, one of your friends, I'd say, mm -hmm. how do you know Vicky? Mm -hmm. You know, or, um, what do you do? How long have you been in London? You know, those sorts of things. I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't say, what's your hobby? If, 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 um, we were listening to music, I'd say, you know, say... What kind of music do you like? Yeah, what kind of music do you like? Do you like R&B or pop music? Do you like the star? Blah, 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 yeah, blah. it's like, you know, what do you think? If, if for example, we hear uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I'll say, oh, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers, isn't it? What do you reckon? What do you think of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, yeah, I saw them last year, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. Well, you wouldn't say... Um, I, I, I don't think I would say, what's your favourite kind of music? Mm -hmm. I might say, what kind of music are you into? But it's it's one of those questions where you go, Ugh, and it's, it's not fun. it's I not a nice it. question oh, to answer because okay. you go, oh well, I like, you know, and then you have to pigeonhole yourself, oh. you know. Um, so yeah, the podcast should try to be natural. natural. They should try to follow authentic speech. They should mm -hmm. try to they should be well recorded. Um, they need to. Um, hmm. They need to actually teach something, mm -hmm. I think. Okay. So what, facts, uh, what factors do you don't like about po using podcast in your teaching? I mean, I mean... In my, te in my in classrooms? My, uh, both classrooms or after class, like using podcast as assignment right. to, to let them listen to, ask them to listen to some of the podcast right. and then come back to classes and, and, start, and start the discuss discussion or whatever. Yeah. I guess, I mean, okay, there, there are a few things you can do with podcasts. One, you can use them in class and set mm -hmm. them as a listening activity. Another one, you can actually, um, um, yeah, like you said, set them it as a homework task, listen mm -hmm. to the podcast, come back to class, we'll, we'll you know, talk about it in class, for example. Um, um, the, 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 from a teacher's point of view, using them in class means that you have to you have to actually build a lesson out of it. So you have to listen to that podcast a number of times at home or in the teacher's room and actually write a lesson mm -hmm. based around that podcast. So that's a lot more work for the teacher. Mm -hmm. Whereas what we could do is go to a book, a published book with mm -hmm. a CD and just use the material there mm -hmm. because it's not going to be that much better than the material that you produce, unless you produce material that's personalised to the students, personalised to you, that's up to date, that's on a maybe a controversial topic that they're not courage, uh, they're not um, bold enough to publish in a book, you know. Um, so from the teacher's point of view, using podcasts in the classroom is actually quite a lot of work because you've got to build a, mm -hmm. your own lesson out of it. Um, so that's a disadvantage, just from a practical point of view, mm -hmm. of making the teacher's life easier. Mm -hmm. um, um, the, the problem of, of setting it to them as a homework task, it means really that it's just out of your control a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, if you say to them, okay, listen to this, you can't necessarily guarantee that they'll listen to it. You can't guarantee that they will find it on the internet, because... You know, a lot of people just don't know how to find. They don't. A lot of people don't know what a podcast is. Yeah. So you have to explain what it is first, and they they, they don't even know how to pronounce it. They, you know, they say postcard. Most a lot of people say postcard, because <laughs> not, not post podcast, because it's difficult to say podcast. I think it's thrilling. 
Isn't it? What? I think it's prevailing here, isn't it? What? The podcast. The word podcast. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. But uh, what I mean is that some students that I teach, ah, okay. they struggle with the word. and they, they Probably can't. because they don't use the iTunes very often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just they're not familiar with the word. Yeah. And because phonetically it's easier to say postcard than podcast. And just maybe they've said the word postcard in their lives a lot more than they've said podcast. <laughs> they don't understand Pod, the word podcast. Pod means. Pod, podcast. What does it mean? iPod and broadcast and, and mix them together. Yeah, exactly. They don't get that. Okay. Anyway, anyway, so it's a tricky thing to say to them as a homework task at the end mm-hmm. of a lesson. Okay, what I'd like you to do is visit this website, find this podcast, listen to it, answer these questions. They're going to be like, uh, uh, podcast, huh? You know, and you have to say. Then you have to actually physically take them through it and go, look, on the website, here it is, that's the podcast. It's and click this button and you'll get this page that's and right. then click subscription, subscribe and that's free for you, all, all you guys. And then click and go back to all the podcasts and go back and go back to this album and click get all, they'll get all of the podcasts. Exactly. And it's just too much, too much for them to, to expect, you know, especially uh-huh. if they're low levels. Um, and and the podcast, uh, some of the podcasts is not so suitable for the starters because they, they actually, yeah. they can't get anything. You yeah. can't get anything from the podcast. Yeah. One of the students just told me that I don't like the podcast because maybe I'm a starter of learning English. So actually, I get nothing from it. Because uh, those I could understand, I could understand. Those I couldn't understand, I could understand either. Mm. So there's no progress, actually. All, they, all that starters could do is, re- is read a transcript and listen at the same time mm-hmm. and just hope for the best and not get bored, you know. Because they will read it and they'll be like, I don't understand this, I don't understand this. They might, even, they might follow the words and learn how the words sound, but they, they, it will be a frustrating experience because they'll just be thinking, I don't understand this. Um, it, actually, if they, were, if they were bold enough to, to keep going, they would learn. They would eventually. Mm-hmm. They'd learn by... If they, got, if they had a 20-minute podcast on a, on, and they had no idea what it was about, but they had a transcript and they just had that and nothing else, they would learn from it because eventually they would start to piece together, they'd fill in the gaps, they would learn little bits, they'd work it out eventually themselves. Mm-hmm. What it, what the, the first thing would be, what are they talking about? That's it, what's the topic of conversation? And they have to just work it out from little words that they know and guessing from the tone of voice and things like that. But yeah, you're right. Low for starters, it's podcasts are just too difficult. And too difficult for that. Waste of time for mm-hmm. them, really. We'd like to have the students make their own podcast in English and handing hand them in as a coursework um, I or think, group work. Well, I think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. The only problem is who's going to listen to it? Their stu- their peers or their classmates. On the you mean on the internet? On the internet. So you're gonna you, you put it on the internet. Well, and then I mean you could you could like have have a limitation on the, the who could have access to those materials so that yeah. only the England I I mean only the inners of this website of this network right. could have access to this podcast okay. so they could listen to other people's work. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good thing. It is. It is. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's a. It would be a good thing to publish their speaking on the internet so that people can listen to it. Um, I know there are a few podcasts that 
that have just students speaking. Mm -hmm. And they get listened to a lot, actually. Some of them more than mine, which is annoying. Probably the students would love something like their, from their level, I think, think that will make them more confident because they can speak like this. I probably I could, mm -hmm. I can achieve this level, and and they are bold enough to speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Because teachers' podcasts are always too perfect for them. Mm. I I couldn't catch it. I couldn't. I can't. I can't like um, achieve your level. So probably they would just think. They're, sometimes they're lazy, sometimes they're like, because I couldn't achieve this, this level, because so I just lay back and listen. And so, so they want something more achievable. Yeah. So they would like, so do you think that in my podcast I should interview students in the school more often? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Ah. Right, I'm writing this down. I, I do think so. Especially for some of us, I don't know, but Chinese people, they're, um, I don't want to use the word like show off, but some of the students who are from the much higher level of English, they would love to like a little bit show off their English, that's yeah. make them more confident in speaking, and they would love to love to have other people listen to them. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I've. I mean, I, I'm aware of the advantages of using um, of, of having students record their own podcasts and publish them because it motivates the students to actually yeah. do it. And then and they realise that they're going to be listened to, so mm -hmm. they put that extra bit of effort in. Yeah, and, exactly. and really, you know, what's the point of saying something if no one's listening? It, it, it really helps your English if you realise that people are listening. Like, it helped... I know that I'm a native speaker of English, but it's helped me to become a much more confident speaker because I know that every day there's people listening to every, every yeah. word I'm saying and so as a result I've become in my mind at least a really good speaker of English I mean a, a, a good I don't know public speaker but I can speak to a room full of people quite well now mm. whereas I think some of my friends who haven't done this job would stand up in front of a group of people and they wouldn't be in, they wouldn't be as comfortable as me and that's because I've I've had for quite a while people listening to me and so it's made me more confident because mm -hmm. you just you rise to the challenge you know so I think giving students um, an audience would make them rise to the challenge too so I think it's a very good idea but the technical things the technical issues are the that's like a barrier actually yeah so I know that technology is meant to bring us all together and make our lives easier mm -hmm. but in order to in order for the technology to make our lives easier we've got to work really hard and and struggle with the technology first <laughs> yeah. so it's almost counterproductive once you once you manage to work out how the technology works then it makes your life easier mm -hmm. but before you get to that point your life is pretty difficult working out how to mm -hmm. use the technology so that's a big big deal actually big problem that's exactly have you heard uh, one passage in TOEFL test which is, which one is called the all in remote control remote controller no which is uh, I think it's it's a speaking task and the passage called all in one remote controller all in one remote all in controller, one controller. Yeah. Okay. They, it says that it says that the all in one remote controller should make life easier because you get all those stuff in one remote controller you can yeah. control the TV the conditioner yeah. and whatever the the uh, ventilation the the vent mm -hmm. the, what, what the is called? ventilator or the aircon the ventilator or whatever yeah. but you have to 
you have to spend half a you have to spend a couple of hours just to learn which button is going to control what, yeah. which one is is it's to read through like the function the function brochure and to make sure that you get very clearly which button is going to control what which which one which function yeah yeah absolutely good example mm -hmm. yeah and that's the same for podcasting um, the the problem is that it's a, a lot of the time it's actually a lot it's far too much work for the teachers to do mm -hmm. to actually arrange for students to listen to podcasts or record podcasts because can you imagine the management, the difficulty of, first of all, arranging a lesson where the students sit down. You've already pre prepared them with all the words and um, they're ready, they're able to actually sit and record. Mm -hmm. You might have practiced some words or you've taught them some, some expressions that they can use in their little news, news bulletin or whatever it is you're doing. And so they're actually ready to do it before they start recording. But then you have to have the technology there, you need to actually make sure that they know how to use it so that they can record or delete or whatever if they want to. Um, you, you, you know, you've got to manage all of this in a, in a fixed time, in a, in a room, and you're the only one telling them what to do, and mm -hmm. this one doesn't really want to do it, and this one is bored, and, and you know, these two don't like each other, and this one <laughs> thinks that she doesn't want to work with him because he, she thinks his English isn't good enough. And so you've got all these problems, and you've got to try and keep the motivation up. Um, and then eventually you say to them, okay, now you're going to actually record yourselves and we're going to put it on the internet. Mm -hmm. Half of them are going to go, like that. Maybe one of them is going to go, great, I love this, but the others hate him because he loves the sound of his own voice. Uh -huh. And so you've got all these issues going on. And you've got the technical issue of, like, act when they've recorded them, who's going to upload them on, onto mm -hmm. the site? Who's going to be the site administrator? Because it's not going to be me. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to just so to get. To yeah, I'm not going to get. I'm not getting paid for that. So it's more than my job's worth. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So in the end, no. You know, it's more trouble than it's worth in, in so, many cases. Well, well, we'll probably reach the. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So if you use some words to summarize the the advantage and disadvantage, in your opinion, of podcast. Which, what would you say? Hmm. Um, okay. Advantages, podcasts. Or, uh, uh, the, the, there, are, there are authentic ones, which are really good, um, interesting uh, sources of, of audio material, mm -hmm. okay, for learners and teachers. Mm -hmm. um, they are... Um, they, 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 it can be very motivating for students to record their own podcasts. It can also be motivating for students to listen to podcasts that the teacher has selected for them because it gives them that feeling that they're getting something special, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's great potential in the learning possibilities of using podcasts, but there's also a big barrier in terms of the technology if you're a technologically minded person, if you're able to understand how to use and download and listen to podcasts and you're patient and you're a little bit um, um, in, um, adventurous, then you'll probably be able to get a lot out of using podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have very much, I don't know, that, that's it, I guess. But there, it's such a multi multifaceted thing. 
There are lots of other advantages of them. Just, for example, that you can put a podcast on your iPod and listen to it anywhere you want mm -hmm. at any time. That's a great advantage. Um, but it's also difficult to, to know which are the good podcasts to listen to. You, in order to find the right ones, you need to kind of search quite a lot, listen to a few, and so on. Yeah, I wish I could give you like a really genuine, clear summary That's of what I think, but instead yeah. it's just kind of a rambling it's, sort of... It's totally fine, okay. it's okay. okay. Actually, it's good because I, I, have, I, have, I have to hear different voices and, and put them together and yeah. just search the most frequently appeared words, which is maybe the common opinion right. of people. Right, okay. How many people have you interviewed? Um, four teachers and three from here. Yeah. Ben and I think Sophie, Sophie. Sophie and you. Yeah. And also one teacher from, I think five teachers actually. One teacher from Middlesex University who was teaching the precisional course. And the other one is from Oxford University. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And okay. so I think 10 to 12 students. Right. Mm -hmm. Have hmm. I got any questions? Though? I do, I do. Yeah. I know that I've got to go soon, but um, let me interview you now. Okay. Um, so this is, if you don't mind, I might use this on my podcast. Okay, cool. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So that's the end of the interview. Um, now, I did interview Vicky then and asked her some questions about learning English. That interview, like I said before, you can find on the previous podcast and there's a full transcript for it. A full transcript, okay? So if you really need to, or really want to, you can read that and listen to my interview with Vicky. Okay, so that's it. That's it for this one. Quite a long podcast, but you're getting a bit more, bit more for your money, which, considering it's free, means that you're getting a lot, really, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, that's it. Cheers. Bye, 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 bye. You've been listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit www.teacherluke.podomatic.com. Luke's English Podcast, the smoothest podcast on the internet.